whoever gets this job is going to make the best fried chicken on the planet. We have to have it. We have to have it. And he goes, how you want it? Dill pickle brine, sweet tea brine, salt water brine, buttermilk brine, single dredge, double dredge. Yep. It was like watching Forrest Gump with Bubba talking about shrimp. <laughs> I have never in my life, man. And he just kept going. And at the end, I went, yes. What's up, guys? I'm Austin. I'm Colin. And I'm Sean. Welcome to the Three Cheese Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Three Cheese Podcast, recorded live in Nashville, Tennessee. We're taking a deep dive with entrepreneurs into the bold and risky leaps of faith that were pivotal on their journeys to where they are today. Today's guest is Austin Smith, a restaurateur that started Party Fowl, Nashville's first full-service hot chicken restaurant. Today, they've got five locations, and they're opening two more in the next year. You'll hear about him risking six times more than he originally planned to start the business, how a wild serial emailer became his head chef, and some major lessons we all learned from starting a pop-up business called Draftville. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and enjoy this episode of the Three Cheese Podcast. So, dude, give us a basic overview of like how how you kind of got into party foul like where, where did that where did that come from because i know you didn't start off making hot chicken you're like you love baseball you you know you're you're a, a chicken uh connoisseur um but and where bourbon. did that start man like how did that journey begin yeah so uh my first job was working concessions uh when i was about 12 years old at the um texas troubadour theater in music valley drive and uh, my mom sang as patsy klein there for years and so wow. i did the uh, concessions there and um, when I was old enough, I think it was 15, 16, I started working at On the Border in Antioch, and uh, I was a host because nice. I wasn't old enough to serve. Then I became the tortilla man in the middle of the room <laughs> with pe- plexiglass everywhere. I just made tortillas all day. Okay. Nice. I, wait a minute. On like, like on display. Yes. Were there many other people that were just white Caucasian men making tortillas <laughs> in the middle of the room? Just a curious question. It was just you. Just me. That's wow. interesting. Yeah, one okay. of a kind. That's guys. pretty awesome. One of a kind, pushing wow. the boundaries. So yeah, so I I, I did that. Um, I've worked every job that you can possibly work in a restaurant, and um, I, I just love it. I'm a front of house guy, though. I'm a people person. I've got to be behind the bar. I've got to be greeting a table. Even now, even though I'm not serving, stuff, I greet tables like every time I can, you know, and connect with folks. And so I, I love the restaurant industry. I just had a thing for it. And um, let's see. I became a wine and liquor distributor with Athens Distributing, and I had 125 accounts that I dealt with that I helped them with their cocktail program, wine menu, train their staff, things of this nature. And uh, I got to see behind the curtain. Like, I got to get to know owners and GMs and folks like that and really get to see what makes these places go and the things that worked, the things that didn't, you know. And that's where I started to build this list of do's and don'ts for myself in, in business uh, if I was going to open my own restaurant someday. And uh, then it was sort of a kind of a joke at first i played uh, i had a team called party foul a softball team and i went to work at 360 bistro in bell mead which is my business partner nick jacobson's uh restaurant that he owns and then we are partners on party foul and uh I, you know he started playing softball with us and you know for like seven years it was sort of like oh wouldn't that be a fun chicken joint ha, ha you know and i was not giggling as much as he, i was like you know this would be let's, right. let's do this thing so yeah. i started to put that together in my head kind of what i wanted and, and the reason Party Foul exists is because, you know, I read this book, Blue Ocean Strategy, and it basically teaches you to, uh, you know, not be feeding in the same areas as everybody else to look right. for your own blue ocean. 
uh, actually Harry Jacobson, Nick's father, gave that to me uh, when I was managing their wine shop next to the restaurant there. And uh, that changed everything I, I was thinking about. I had, I had all these concepts in my head, things I want to do. And when I, when I read that, I went, okay, I can scrap all that. I got to come up with something where I'm the only one feeding there. That's my, right. my piece of blue ocean. So what there was, it was a lack of uh, the full package with Nashville hot chicken. Uh, no restaurant had done full service with hot chicken, full bar with hot chicken, enough TVs to watch a ball game, you know, some live music. There was just this void. Nashville's number one food. There wasn't an environment where you can experience everything Nashville loves to do under one roof. Yeah, that's a good point because like you had like Bolton's right. and Pepper Fire, which was just kind of like a shack yeah. that you go into and you Prince's sit on like a, a picnic table. Degrees. And yeah. it's yeah, they're it. all they're all fast casual. They're that's all a good point. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the thing is like I loved hot chicken, but I want the full service. I I love because I come from that industry. I've always been a server bartender myself. You know, I love the interaction of having full service. So I just thought it would be a really unique thing to do would be to to start this concept. And, uh, you know, we thought we had a good little idea on our hands and had no idea <laughs> what we were getting into. Had just no idea. So the actual idea of I might want to start a restaurant one day, when did that start? It's probably been 10 years. So I basically, <clears throat> once I got it in my head and I decided what I wanted to do, it did not take long. Like it wasn't like, oh, one day I'm going to own a restaurant. Right. I'm going to create Party Foul. No, it was once Party Foul clicked and I had the concept and the pieces coming together and my business partner was excited, We, it was lightning speed. <laughs> lightning uh, speed, though. That's yeah. crazy no. <laughs> when, when you're starting a business, like especially when you've never started one. Right. Was he all the expert in all that? Or like how did this, like the documents, the, yeah. the locations, the how did that? So – Nick has owned his restaurant since 2005, 2006. So he had a little bit of... So guidance. he had years and years of restaurant experience. I had front of house, back of house. I now had the the bar liquor side uh, slash working with suppliers, distributors. I knew that. You know, I knew my, my weakness was back of house. Um, and that's when I met Tiffany and Bart and everything was good after that. Uh, I was a nervous wreck. I'm not going to lie to you. And I, I stayed a nervous wreck for probably four or five years after opening. Because, you know, four out of five restaurants fail in the first two years. And out of the one out of five that make it past two years, 75% of those fail by year five. This is not one of those things where you're like, dude, I got some money. Let's open a bar. If you have not done it, if you have not lived it, and you do not know the inner workings, do not invest in a restaurant. Or Let a me bar. ask you a question, yeah. though. You continue to move forward. Like, what was it that, that did you just put like this fake it till you make it face on in front 100%. of hundred percent? Okay, so so, <laughs> so uh, we're big. We're, we say this all the time. Like, perception is reality, and sometimes you just have to put that that perception out there that you've got it, and just try to back up every moment of every decision that you make and continue to push forward. And it's like, listen, man, you know this about me. I'm silver. I'm a salesperson. That's right. what I do, and uh, you know. I definitely talked a big game for sure. And, you know, but then when you talk that big, you got to bring it. You know, I, I'm a big fan of speaking things into existence. If I tell everybody that I'm going to do this, I'm going to follow through and I will execute this, will happen. And I, I really approach every aspect of my life with that. I speak it into existence. Once Nick and I had this idea, it was just like, okay, we're doing it. So literally, I was working at Athens Distributing and I was driving my route downtown. And I drove by 8th and Division, and this building was like 
baby poop yellow, had gunshot <laughs> holes in the windows, had dead rats under the bar. There were homeless people living in the basement. I mean, this was not wow. That area wasn't anything. It like was a hundred percent not developed. No, when I took that property wow. over, people laughed at me. They're like, "What in the hell are you actually doing? Like, what are you doing?" And when they said that, yeah, how did you feel? I just told them. I said, "There's only so many corners that are left coming out of downtown Nashville, and I just got one." creating the FOMO right but the FOMO before there is it you're like yeah you're gonna want this you just don't know when and I don't either but I mean that was I I got that that building for nothing I mean honestly we have a lease there that would make other restaurateurs sick because we took it when nobody was over there I mean across the street wasn't the high-rise apartments and condos it was a car quest you know, and, and he had frugal McDougals, McDougals and then, yeah. and the social club. The over there. Social <laughs> club. You know, I'll never forget the first time I saw people walk out of there and they looked famished and they come across and we just, famished. they're like, bro, I will literally eat anything. Oh. Can you just put some stuff on a plate? I'll oh. eat I had a, a salad that was a, a misfire and one of the guys was going to take it home. And I was like, here, y'all share this salad. <laughs> Oh, and, and they ate and re- recharged their motor. Man, wow, that's good. You that's know, good. So you know, just for the the people who don't know, the social <laughs> club is just a place that it does not exist. I know they tried to move close to a school. I think it's a, what a sw- a, just a swingers and yeah, but uh, they they like to socialize on a social. It was an official socialization spot. Uh, for you know, adults. Are we and jumping right past the fact that you said they tried to open next to the school? Well, I <laughs> just they, they, they tried to move locations, and that got weird. I followed yeah. it oddly closely. I prank called him once. Colin, we had yep. him walk into the front door one time. Weird younger days, but uh, but all that to say, they love hot chicken, and they were big, you know, proponents yeah. of your restaurant yeah, for sure. Nice. For sure. I mean, who wouldn't be though? Come on, yeah, Come on. That's, that's right. That's and so especially true. when you work up an appetite like that. <laughs> Well, dude, you said something a minute ago that I, that I don't want to pass yeah. over, but you said, you know, when you met Tiffany and Bart, and we're we're huge on, man, like the people that you have inside of your organization yep. are the one of the most invaluable things that you can have. And it's like finding the right people is, one, hard, and two, one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, in, in like doing and running your business. Yep. How do you think you how did that happen for you when you were creating this stuff? Like, how did you assemble your team? Like, what did that look like for you guys? So when I, when I was told that our loan was approved and we were able to move forward, my first phone call was not my mom or my dad or (laughs) anybody. I called Tiffany Thompson and uh, I had worked with her when I was at Athens distributing. She was the uh, operational manager over losers and winners doghouse and the losers that they have done outside the state line. I think they did Tuscaloosa and they're in Belize. I think anyway, so or Key West, maybe Vegas, Um, Vegas, yeah. So she was in charge of all their uh, restaurants. Wow. She ran it all, and I just thought that she was the baddest woman I'd ever met. I was like, that is who I need riding with me on this. And I try to surround myself with people who have strengths where I have weaknesses. And she is so organized, so diligent, and, and just she's so on top of it. Where I am, idea, cool, let's do this, and let's, let's change this over here. And, ooh, you know what we're going to try next month? And I'm always trying to think about how to get that next leg up and, and get a little energy with the brand she keeps me in check. She'll tell people that her official job title is my handler uh, <laughs> and, and Bart's and Chef Bart's. Uh, so that was it. I mean, right away I, I called her. Now she said, yeah, I'm doing some other things, so I can't work full time with you. I was like, well, just come on as a consultant. Help me with my paperwork. Help me file. Do all the things. And she, it took her a while to realize that I was just baiting her in. Once she got in there and started to do it and started to see it come together, you know, uh, it was, okay, I'm all in. And 
She's been my ride or die. She is the vice president of my company. She, I tell people, if Tiffany says something, you do not have to ask my permission. You get, you just get it done. Yeah. Tiffany has. <laughs> That's full, awesome. Yeah. So that was my first. That's breakout. trust, right? That's trust. And I, you got to have it. Trust her with everything. Uh, her kids, three of her kids work in my locations right now. Nice. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. That's awesome. Know, keeping the family. My kids aren't old enough, but they're going to be on that free labor soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Bart, how did you meet Bart? Exactly. So, b- the Bart story is fantastic. And, uh, so I, I'm a little different than most folks. I usually have a little flair. You guys can, you know, uh, sympathize with that. Y'all have that uh, flair yourself. I, 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 I do things a little differently. So instead of writing an ad that said, I'm looking for a corporate chef or blah, blah, blah. I wrote a love letter to hot chicken and basically like, you know, must love dogs. And my, my thing said must love chicken. And <laughs> I wrote a love letter to chicken looking for my soulmate for hot chicken. And, uh, out of like 80 resumes that I got wow. in, I had three that I had pulled aside that I was like, I want to have this, these people cook for me and uh, see what they're all about. And, um, this guy kept sending me his email, his, his resume twice a day. Every day for eight days. <laughs> Swear to God. Ernest Bart Pickens. Twice a day. Every day. Eight days. Just boom. Wow. Boom. So finally I call him. I'm like, hello. And he goes, I love chicken. And I said, all right. But dude, look, I looked at your resume. There's just no possible way I can afford you. He goes, you don't know that. So he comes to meet Nick and I at 360 out in Belmead. And oh we interview him. And, you know, uh, I start off with, before we even get into this, I don't, before I tell you what the full concept is, I just need you to know, whoever gets this job is going to make the best fried chicken on the planet. We have to have it. We have to have it. And he goes, how you want it? Dill pickle brine, sweet tea brine, salt water brine, buttermilk brine, single dredge, double dredge. Yep. It was like watching Forrest Gump with Bubba talking about shrimp. <laughs> I've never in my life, man. And he just kept going. And at the end, I went, yes. I want all of that. Yeah. Like, I want to try yeah. everything. Uh, he made us some pickle brine chicken too. And so the day that he cooked for us, um, I had always had this idea, like when we opened Party Fowl, it was going to be a little more rustic. And I was going to bring back like the old Western, like hot pickled eggs, you know, that are like a oh dollar on the back. Goodness. And I was going to call them foul balls, right? Nice. So anyway, um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, don't glaze over the fact that that's like a big part of who Austin Smith is, is the creative naming, <laughs> the, the let's just Cow run balls. with the gut feelings, and I aspire that for us, and we always try and do that. All right, continue. Uh, where was I? You were just talking about you wanted to bring back the old Western feel yeah. and the foul balls. So he's, he's bringing the food out, and I can see through the window and see him plating things, and I see these little fried balls, and I'm like, what are those? Well, turns out they were basically a, a boudin ball. It's just New Orleans-style dirty rice fried like an orangini, you know. Uh, and uh, but he called them foul balls, and we had not had that discussion. So nice. I went, I went, okay, this guy gets me. If I, I leaned over to Nick, I said, if this guy's cooking is even three quarters of what we think is going to be. This is our guy, right? And he blew our faces off. And so uh, Bart was with me, man, probably seven months before we actually opened the restaurant I mean, during the whole build out, I went ahead and got him in so we could start to go through what are we going to need in this kitchen? How do we need to design this kitchen? You know, what smallwares do we need? How many plates? Silverware? you know, like he 30 years of experience. I mean, it's just unreal his knowledge. So I started with Tiff and Bart and uh, they are still with me to this day. That's one heck of a team to start out with. Right. And then you've got you know, your partner, Nick yeah. and, and his experience. I mean, yep. That is an amazing amount of knowledge within that small amount of people. Yeah, everyone says, how are y'all so successful? I said, I, I am surrounded by amazing people, like surrounded by them. Yeah, so that story of you guys beginning is, is 
awesome. And honestly, like I love hearing it because it's kind of rare. You do hear a lot of people who try to do that and fail. And so with our podcast being one where we really are seeking to relate to other business owners through things that aren't normally brought up, like if it's like, hey, how's business? Good, good, right? We want to explore a little more on what we're calling leaps of faith, which are these moments where you're looking at a decision that you have to make and you immediately feel that fear, anxiety, whatever in your gut knowing this is either going to work out really well and I think it has a shot to, or this could be the end of it all. That type of gravity decisions. Can you name for us and talk about a leap of faith you had to take when starting out at the beginning of Party Foul? Yeah, so this is touching back on on that little story earlier about the original building. So our original loan was very small that we asked for. I was like, I can open this restaurant for next to nothing, so I'm not going to give totals out, but I'll just say, very right. approachable, and we got approved for that, right? Well, once I met Bart, and I'm looking at the 600-square-foot kitchen with no room to do anything, I said, I, I, can't, I can't have that guy on my staff and, and restrict him to 600 square feet of kitchen space and try to pump out something amazing. Like, we really need to let this guy do his thing because he is super talented. And so I started thinking, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? There's no room. I can't make the basement because it's too short, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to double the building out back. I'm going to go as far as they'll let me go, <laughs> and I'm going to double this building. And uh, Oh, wait. So I didn't even know that. you. So that whole building itself, you actually did an addition. and from, went- from scratch, that back half, from scratch, like built the kitchen in, ran all the new gas lines, ran the whole nine yards. It is brand new when we did it in 2014. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that was quite an undertaking. So literally my ask went from – a very approachable amount right. to more than six times wow. that amount because wow. I, I was building up basically doubling the structure, all brand new, full kitchen in an area that is underdeveloped. Yes, yeah, yeah. and you're taking a major risk as it stands. I mean, I, I that was the day that Harry looked at me in such a way that I felt bad, like I felt guilty <laughs> for everything. I was like, and I Harry know, is he, that's Nick's father. He's yes. the one who's you know helping us with this project. And I, when I said, "Hey, I, I now need." this much money he looked at me in a way that still hurts my feelings you can see it you can (laughs) see it yeah i looked at him i was like just trust me you know and he was like buddy (laughs) you know he was just when you said just trust me to his face what were you feeling on the inside uh destroyed right because the the face that he makes when you blow it would be so much worse Right. (laughs) right and so and so thank god that that he and and nick had faith in me and and uh we pushed through and uh you know, thank God that was, uh, yeah. what gave you the crazy. confidence to say, I'm going to ask for this big thing. I've never done this before, but I, I, it's this or, or like, I'm doing it. Like what gave you the confidence instead of saying, well, we'll just have a smaller kitchen and we'll just see if it works. And what, what, what gave you that? And you've never done it before. Right. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> <Ever>. exactly. <laughs> no, I, I walked right into it blind. Really. I mean, I had my knowledge of you know, everything, but, uh, no, it, it's just, it's drive. Like if you're if you have passion, if there's something that you're trying to achieve, if you're trying to better yourself, and you are really, really uh, being purposeful about that, then you have to go. You have to you have to push the needle. Would you say that you believed in yourself? Yeah, that much. I did. Like you knew that you would that, just figure it out no matter what. I knew I'd figure it out. Right. I'd figure it out. I was like, I know so much about this, and I will figure out the rest as I go. And you know, I'll tell you. 
me the first day we opened that store and me now, I still don't know it all, but I know a lot damn more than I did back then. Right. right. I learned every day I learned something new. Right. I, I get, we get better as a team every day. Like it's, it's unreal. It's, uh, there's never a day where you'll go, I know everything. I got it. <laughs> nope. So specifically with this leap of faith where yeah. you said, I'm doubling the business. I'm asking for six times more money. I'm going to be far more in debt than I was to begin yeah. with. What was the immediate result that you can point back to at this time? What was the result of doing that? Bart got a big kitchen. Bart, and got, Bart big got to do a full menu. Okay. And we got to play. And because of some of those things, we got featured on television shows. We got featured in magazines and newsprint and nice. all this stuff because we went for it. Uh, so September of 2014 is when we opened the first store. Um, we had all of our food cooking on the line, a full restaurant for friends and family. And, um, we were also cooking up for being open the rest of the weekend after the friends and family and, uh, our smoker, the water was out. The smoker caught on fire. <laughs> the fire went up into my hood system that dropped the Ansel chemicals all over oh, my kitchen. Man. There was smoke building upstairs. The fire department shows up. <laughs> I run upstairs and go, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. I said, uh, unfortunately, food service will be suspended for the rest of the evening, but the bar is still open. As the fire truck pulls up, I said, I told you this shit was hot. Uh, <laughs> and everyone was nice. taking pictures with, with the firefighters and stuff. And it was it was like one of those memorable moments. Right. But it's also one that we look back at all the time. Like, did everyone check the water in the damn smoker before we <laughs> yeah. opened it? <laughs> Do not burn down. It, I mean, just the Ansel alone is five grand to reload the chemicals. Oh, my God. That wow. doesn't include the cleanup wow. and, and everything. I mean, it is. That's crazy. It was, and we lost all that food product. I mean, what a way. Yeah, I'll never forget. Nick was sitting down there on the expo line, and he had tickets all around his neck, looked like Rambo. The the, <laughs> the tickets were hanging off the printer. The rails were full. He goes, "We never should have opened. We were not ready. We never should have opened." I go, "Here, you go kiss babies. I'm gonna take over expo." <laughs> and it took us about forty minutes, but we got out of the wood, out of the weeds, and uh, started cruising after that. So, wow. and uh, and the and the beginning reception from people in Nashville man, was it was great. It was really great. You know, when we started off. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect. And for the first few years, I'll be honest, it, it wasn't tremendously successful. Like, we did great, right? Right. But it wasn't like I'm going, woohoo, I'm going to open new stores immediately. No, I mean, it, it took a minute before, actually, it was two and a half years. I just can't wait for anything. I'm so jumpy. I'm like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. Two and a half years of figuring it out. Yeah, two so and a half years. And I managed. I was the GM for the first portion when we opened up downtown. And uh, we had this consultant who told me I would never be able to be an efficient owner if I was the general manager. And I fought mm. tooth and nail. I just couldn't leave the building. That so, I mean, obviously, like, it started becoming successful. You yeah. started getting them some traction. You know, this guy is basically saying, like, hey, dude, like, you can't work on the business and in the yeah. business and grow the business. Like, what was that next leap of faith that you feel like was really to start so, getting you to that next level. So I, I backed away and, and put Tiffany Thompson in as the GM for a while. I think she was GM for maybe a year and a half uh, before we put someone else in there and freed and her And you up. moved kind of back. I was still very much there all the time. I didn't stop coming every day until like week three, I think. And they finally, I was sitting at the back of the restaurant right before we opened, and they walked up and goes, we got it, you can go home. <laughs> I, had, I had a nervous breakdown. Like I just started crying uncontrollably. Right. I didn't even know why. Wow. I just broke. Because I'm, I'm telling you, that... Like at the first, like you just, you're working so hard and, and, you know, some days you're like, oh, we're getting our doors blown off. It's crazy. Some days we'll be completely dead. And that's when you start going, oh, what did we do wrong? No. Yeah. 
is this how it's going to be? And then all of a sudden, boom, you'll hit again. Yeah, so it took us, it took us like two years in Nashville to really build up. And every year it's, it's just been an improvement. Well, steadily. I want to, I want to stay there for a second yeah. because that, I mean, that resonated with me and I think it probably resonated. As with soon as you guys. said that, I was like, yeah, because I talking think, about that today, honestly, well, let's normalize the idea that like, we, you know, we're business owners and some people may say like, oh, those, I wish I could run a business like that, or I wish I could do that. And we appreciate that sentiment, but also know like there's times when we're having nervous breakdowns. There's yes. times where we're having panic attacks. There's Don't times, have it all together. there's times where we look at each other and go, I have no idea if this is going to work. And I don't know how we're going to pay what we need to pay for. Yep. No, uh, all the time. I mean, I, I literally was just super stressed all the time because it was every th single thing. I mean, I'll tell you, you know, um, it, it has gotten easier. I right. Mean, you know, we, we keep hiring great people and putting them in, in, into those positions. But for a while, it was me, Tiff, and Bart. And then I had a couple other managers, my cousin Kelsey, my buddy Grant Fisher. You know, uh, we had a few other managers there. But at the end of the day, we, we weren't leaving. Bart was there probably. <laughs> he still works 120. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I only need 55 hours. He's like, that's cool, you know, and then he'll come in at 4.30 in the morning and stay till 7.30 p.m. And I'm like, go home. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and did that, and just we'll touch on this for a yeah. second, but doesn't it, like, when you're there, it's not just the business. So you're stressed about the business, and then it affects all other aspects of your life. 100%. Yeah, we, we have, because of that, you know, uh, and that's a part of this thing, we have two rules at Party Foul. They have nothing to do with food. Rule number one is we're a family. Rule number two is don't poison the well. And that's touching on kind of that thing is, Sometimes you don't even mean to be poisoning the well and bringing people down, but you know when all that stuff is is very apparent and it bleeds, especially right. in, a, in an environment like a restaurant. Yeah, I tell people all the time, so don't poison the well. I don't care if you're the best employee in this building at what you do. You can't work here unless you bring joy and you build people up and you bring positivity. And so that is the only two rules we have. And and what's interesting about I'll just touch on poisoning the well, and you can correct me if you don't think this is accurate, but poisoning the well isn't bringing in stuff like we're all dealing with stuff yep. but it's the idea that you can't recognize it and you can't use the people around you to help get back to that point of like hey yeah life's not great but we're gonna figure this out together instead yep. of spewing it right. out and just negative and just like completely making every conversation yeah. just uh, or you just being at the server station and be complaining about a table that's not you know treating you well or something right uh, or or didn't tip you well earlier and and just starting that negativity it breeds and listen i tell my team all the time i don't care how big you smile when you greet that table if you <laughs> are not there they'll see right through it absolutely and, and also you feel it when you walk into restaurants you walk into rev uh, venues and stuff like that like honestly you can feel when there's good vibes going oh, yeah. on <laughs> and you can feel when it's Tense. Right. Tell me you can't. You do know, restaurant right. owners talk about that though? The like unseen vibe. I do most. <laughs> yeah, I do all the time. Okay, like, this is a daily thing that we talk about with our with our company. Um, and I, most restaurant tours, they do that. It's the nonverbals, like you know, yeah. the uh, staring at managers like in the side of their head and putting a <laughs> hole in their head. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a good one. You know, that yeah. you always know something's wrong there. If someone is playing with their food and not eating it, just moving it around their plate. You know, uh, if someone has their hands in their lap and aren't touching anything on the table, these are the times where you go, oh, what do we do? <laughs> Red know? flag. Yeah. Manager, wow. manager, manager. Yeah. And you don't run away from those scenarios? No. No, our goal is to make everyone a regular. Our goal is to make sure that everyone leaves with a great experience. And uh, sometimes to our own detriment, we're really sweet. You know, we've had some, we've had some, <laughs> yeah. we've had some punks come in. Man, yeah. Telling you. No, I totally agree. I mean, I, I go back to restaurants and places where I do feel like I'm comfortable and like 
you have if you have, if I've had one bad experience with a server, that is like a great reason to never go there again. Yeah, I mean that's all it takes is one. And you're just like, eh. But a good experience is enough to get me to go back for a lifetime. I mean that's all it takes. I mean, right. And all that's, right. That's so what we preach. In the essence of continuing to get to the the next kind of big leaps, because that's one of the biggest things for us is really getting to know those those sides of things that people don't really get to hear a lot of times. So. Obviously, you're successful. You've been able to, you know, kind of get uh, the Nashville store really rolling. I, I assume that you start, you know, going into your next location. Let's talk about another uh, moment where you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, I think this is a good idea. And actually then take that leap. Well, guys, I mean, y'all were there. Draftville. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Three Cheese Podcast. If you're enjoying this content, then please subscribe, rate, and review. This episode was sponsored by our company, Mac and Cheese Media, a video company that creates scroll-stopping videos that drive results for your business. If you're a business owner that wants to accomplish your goals through video, then visit our website at macandcheesemedia.com. Now back to the podcast. Oh, we didn't know you were going to bring that up. I'm going to fast forward this to a degree. (laughs) But long story short, that failure taught us so much about life about relationships about work life balance type stuff about decision making when to pull the trigger when to hold back when to have more conversation and what it means to start a pop-up business in three months around the biggest event in the world so what did you learn austin uh that the, the NFL's got powerful attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> but what else did you learn? That had all the potential to be great, but I didn't really have time to do it. I should have been focused on yeah. spreading your don't, spreading yeah. yourself. Spread so myself too thin. Don't and overextend so yourself. So we actually were looking at this this same exact thing happened. We were um, actually looking at another space in the Cool Springs area uh, to do a different concept and. We, we started to get really serious. I was like, here's what it's going to be. Here's what we're going to do. And it was over the top, really cool concept. And the deal was going to be great. I mean, it was going to be a great lease. And um, I, I just kept sitting on it and sitting on it. And I was like, every second that I spend building this new brand and, and spending those painful years of getting it on off the ground and getting it to where it's moving in the right direction, yep. I have to do that again. And how am I going to be you know, taking care of Party Foul and that team if I'm over here dividing my time? So it really taught me to reel it in. You know, I've got something great here. I need to focus all of my attention here and keep pushing the push, pushing the gas pedal down. And you know, I'm a hard headed dude, so that thing is all the way down, and we're rolling downhill. <laughs> and the brakes are cut. <laughs> I mean, and that and that's kind of uh, I guess if if somebody can relate to this, where there's all these opportunities, there's going to be a plethora of opportunities that present themselves throughout the time as a business owner. But learning one of the most maybe powerful principles is learning when to say no to things that you really deeply feel like you want to do yeah. and, but having a reason behind them. Um, I, I do want to go uh, to a question cause you just mentioned it, how you wouldn't be able to take care of party foul. You know, if you spread yourself too thin, what are these traits that party foul has like the innate traits that you you've instituted that makes you guys a successful business, one that didn't fail. What are the unique value props that the party foul brand brings to the table in terms of how they, run their business that makes you guys, you know, successful? I mean, between, you know, our three original uh, corporate team members, myself, Tiffany, and Bart, we have 
75 years of restaurant and bar experience between the three of us. Um, the most important thing, though, is, is that culture and is that family quality. I mean, everyone says that. Like, I think every job interview I've ever been on, every job I've ever started, it's like, we're a family here. You know, whatever. No, we seriously are. Like, we know each other's kids and not just the corporate team, our servers, our bartenders, our line cooks. Like, we know them. Like, we really are close to our, our people. They don't have to think there's somebody up in an ivory tower, you know, making decisions because <laughs> it looks good on paper. Like, hey, Austin's right there. Hey, guys, what's right. up? I have an idea. Cool. What is it? Oh, man, that actually might work. You know what? Let's look into that a little further. You know, like, they, I'm approachable to them, and I also go to war with them. You know, if we, if we are getting our butts kicked, you'll see me busting tables, you know, greeting people, <laughs> you know, uh, wiping tables down and, you know, helping run food. I mean, and Tiffany's the same way. Bart's the same way. I mean, we do hourly positions almost every day at some point. Wow. Uh, but knowing the type yeah. of person that you are, you got five locations now. I know that five, you know, it's about to be six with, you know, B&A. I know that this isn't the only kind of aspirations for party foul that you have. So knowing mm. that, you know, that, you know, those those rules and that number one rule being like we're family, like how do you see like as can as party foul continues to grow and, you know, you go into other locations and maybe even out of the state, like how do you how do you project trying to keep that same level of togetherness? Well, we've started to expand our corporate team, and, you know, the, the family first thing is, is huge for us, but I also ask everyone to be an extension of me. Like, how would I have talked to that table, regardless of if they were right or wrong, how would I have spoken to those people? Would I have invited them back? Would I have given them my card and said, next time you come in, I'm going to buy you something? You know, like, are you treating everyone the way that I would treat them? It's your house party. These are your guests. What are they going to say about you when you leave? You know, and so challenging each other to do that, uh, I think has been why we stay so successful is, we really are family. We take care of our team, and uh, we try to take care of the guests. You know, we tell our, our, our team they're supposed to make every guest a regular, whatever it takes. You know, that's the goal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we win some, we lose some. You know, there's some people who aren't fans of Party Foul. There's some folks who love Party Foul. Uh, we have to be consistent. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. I mean, th I don't think every restaurant has that mentality, right? That, like, these are my guests. I think some restaurants you can feel like they feel like, you know, they're the ones that you deserve to, you know, praise them for what you know, they yeah. do or whatever. Some people, you know, some restaurants have that mentality. But how do you handle somebody who had a terrible experience and wants, like, the worst case scenario, there's so many ways you can go about <coughs> handling it. Don't ever come back here. You guys are a little out of line. Whatever. How do you handle the worst case scenario at a table? I think I've had to do that one time ever where someone was so awful. I, had, I told them they could never come back. Usually... I can fix it or, or, you know, they'll walk away while I'm still talking while I'm trying to fix it. You know, right. we don't, yeah, I'm going to keep talking until you're at the dusty taillights. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, we're just diligent about it. We, we, I mean, Your we, we, we respond to every single social media, you know, uh, review. Um, if someone reviews us on Yelp, Google, uh, Facebook, whatever, you know, we respond to those and, um, we take them very seriously, the good ones and the bad ones, you know, uh, the bad ones, is it always really as bad as they've made it seem? No, usually if you piss them off to the point they give you a bad review, everything is a little inflated, and I know because I'm also a consumer. I get it, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, um, sometimes it's, it's blown a little out of proportion. Once you get to talk to the folks and, 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 you know, get to know the situation, like, okay, I know exactly where we went wrong, and this is what I like to do. I want you to come back and be my guest. 
you know, ask for me and hopefully I'll be around. I'll come out and introduce myself to you. And thank you so much for giving us another chance. That's, that's all I can ask for. You know, sorry we let you down. Jump on the grenade. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, I love the I love the culture that you've created there. Thank you. Um, let me ask you a question. So, you know, restaurants are back open 100%. You know, we're moving forward 2021. You know, things are coming back alive. Nashville is is moving again. Um, but, you know, you're a restaurant owner. I would love you to kind of, like, speak to kind of like what last year looked, you know, what did it look like for you? So we, uh, we had the good fortune to open our highest overhead unit <laughs> two weeks before the pandemic oh, shut us down. Oh, you opened Cool Springs. Cool Springs, man. Beautiful crazy. space. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful buildings we've put together. It, it yeah. is gorgeous. It is, it is. great. I love and, the location. Uh, so we, we opened up on March 2nd. And I mean, it was just like we had the tornado immediately, and some of our staff was affected by that. Man. And then less than two weeks later, shutdown. You know, and um, you know, we wanted to keep the family together. I knew that at some point, you know, we'd be at the end of this thing. So we offered uh, family meals to all of our hourlies who run unemployment, uh, two meals a day for however many folks live in your household. And That's awesome. a lot of people took us up on it. Um, Chef Bart always took care of making sure everyone got fed. But I know that had to be kind of scary for you too. It's same, you know, same side. Like we don't know what what this pandemic holds. You know, we 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 have no idea what it's going to look for. So I mean, I know that there was some some you know scaredness on your side. Going, yeah. dang, I don't know. No, I'm gonna tell you. I mean, it was it was scary. But I mean, I just I I, I was actually pretty calm uh, about it. My team was actually shocked at how I was like. Okay, so this is what we can do now. And you just mentioned the fact that everyone was shocked and surprised about how calm you were, yeah. right? During this very extreme time. And guess where I go right back to? Your mental breakdown the first week or first opening of your first yeah, right. location. I go back to the resilience that you form yeah. when you've been through it's true. some very stressful times. Yeah. And you go, yeah, this is bad. This is real bad. This sucks. But but we're gonna be good. We're gonna we've it done. Out. We've got. We'll we figure it out. it out before. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll again. figure it out again. So, kind of changing tunes. Uh, I just have it's a it's a three prong question. It's about physical, mental, and, and spiritual. If you care to touch on that, as a business owner, you know, and and you've actually had a transformation recently. What's been one of the hardest parts for you, actually, physically, like? Physically demanding in business, right? So during the pandemic, for the first probably three or four weeks, uh, I mean, I came home at night, ordered some Uber Eats, and had a few whiskeys. You right. know, I mean, every night, sit in my recliner. My wife and I would watch our shows and chill. Or we watched something with the kids, and I just sat in that recliner and drank my whiskey right. and ate my Chinese food, my pizza, whatever we were eating. <laughs> and uh, you know, come a little further down the road, we're we're playing softball again, and. I've had three calf, uh, calf tears in three years, and it's because I'm severely overweight. I was 366 pounds yeah. uh, last July. Um, and uh, then, you know, we started to have some more success. We got some new projects coming, and I went, damn, I'm not going to be around to, to help raise my kids. I'm not going to be around to be a part of Party Foul. I'm not going to be able to play ball. I'm, not, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Like, I... I was like, that's how bad a shape I was in. My body just was breaking down on me. Right. And so I was like, you know what? It's the pandemic. I, we're only doing to go and take out. I have a little more time on my hands than I've ever had in my entire life. I'm going to start seeing a trainer. I'm just going to do it. So uh, we went on our annual man weekend trip in July of last year. And I told the boys when I left, I said, when I leave here, I'm going to stop drinking. And I'm going to lose 100 pounds by the time you'll see me next year. <laughs> wow. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. I think I said that like the last seven years in a row. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times I lost like 40, you know. But, yeah. 
uh, this time. So I told him, and the next day when I got back, I'd set up to go start working with my trainer, uh, Jeff Black, and um, we started it, uh, doing four days a week of lifting and cardio and hit and tracking my food and uh, put me on a macro diet and all that stuff. Um, and I'll be honest, I've started training there before with Ashley, um, his his ex, his ex, and uh, I quit. You know, I just would be like, I don't have time. I, I felt yeah. guilty. My kids, my three kids need to have me around. Like, I cannot keep going down this path. I, I could feel it. Like, I literally, every day, like, just doing the simplest things just winded me and wore me out. And I, I was taking more naps. You know, when I'd get home from work, I'd just yeah. go sit in my recliner and just doze off immediately every day. You know, so I started at 366 pounds July 13th. And my first goal, I... I it wasn't about weight loss for me. It was more about the physique and, and my look in the mirror, you know. Yeah, but I want yeah. to set goals because that's who I am. I have to say, I'm doing this by this time. That's yeah, going right. to happen. So my first goal was to lose 67 pounds before New Year. So in six months, 67 pounds get under 300 for All the right. first time in like eight years. And uh, so I, I did a fast on the day before, or no, on New Year's Eve day. And I hit my goal I hit 299 or 298.9 nice. uh, for New Year's. So wow. immediately what I did, gentlemen, is I ordered the Chinese food. <laughs> I, I, I immediately had a bourbon yeah. and I had a glass of wine. And then next day, back to grind time. <laughs> yep, the new goal right. was 100 pounds by July 13th. Nice. So I'm a week from tomorrow out and I'm 94 pounds down. Ah, you uh, got six months and how, how many days? I, no, I've got six. I've got a oh, week no. from tomorrow oh. left and I've got six pounds to go. Ha, have not eaten yet. And no, I'm just kidding. I did. Tropical Cafe has some sweet flatbread. Ooh, Ooh see, we do have a Tropical good. Cafe that I haven't yeah. indulged in. Do you, do My you, wife you got any? opened me to it. Yeah, the chicken uh, chipotle flatbread. Oh, man. Six Sounds bucks. pretty tasty. Sun chips, man. It's, it's a knockout. Telling you, I've got one sitting in the fridge waiting on me. In times of the ultimate, like kind of fear, fear situations in business, what do you rely on to get you through? Oh, I, I pray a lot. I do. Uh, even when we first started uh, and we got our first loan, I prayed every single night the same thing. I said, if this is not going to be a blessing on the people who work here and it's not going to be successful, and it's not going to be something great in my life, then don't even let me taste it. Don't even let me touch it. Just kill it now. And I actually was praying for him to shut it down. If this is not going to be a blessing, I don't want to touch it. I don't even want to get near it. I don't want to feel it. And uh, every time there was like a speed bump, we'd get there. Like, we'd get over that hump. And I was like, man, it just keeps working. It just keeps every time I think we're about to have a pressure point, something great happens. Um, you know, now my prayers are different. Now they're, I, I pray every night that everyone who works there is blessed and that they're able to take care of their family and that party foul is a blessing on their life. And, uh, I mean, like I said, rule number one, you know, I pray for my, my team and my staff because if it wasn't for them, I don't get to do anything. Yeah. I don't right. do any of this. This is what I love to do, and because of them, I get to. So that's why we are so Well, and I, and I think that one of the things for us is you know, some of that, like, fake it, fake it till you make it mentalities or yeah. that perception is reality. Like, some of that is just, like, smiling through the grit and the, like, I don't know and just trusting that God's got the other side of it, and then just hoping that that gut feeling, that that faith feeling, is like, oh my God, like I'm gonna step out here, and I hope this works. It's like I think you know, I know you can relate to that. Yeah. Going okay, uh, Harry, you know, I need this much money, and this is what we're gonna do with it. Like you know, you're gritting there saying like, trust me, but at the end of the day, like you're kind of just like relying kind of back on that faith, almost like I think it's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just always believed that we could figure it out. Yeah, I, I always believed we could get there, and uh, yeah. So, 
so well, far. Thanks for so thanks for yeah. sharing that. I think yeah. for me, what you know, the reason I love or love hearing answers like that and asking that question is because it makes it less lonely to be going through those times where you where yeah. you're praying every night, like yep. if this isn't, take it from me or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I love that. Um, is there anyone? This is kind of changing a, a gear. Is there anyone that has inspired you? to do this in your life? Is there anyone in your life that like, that just like, oh man, they inspired you. catalyst. Yeah. Man, I'm going to tell you what, my memo, uh, I lived with her for a few years when I was younger, uh, when my mom was doing her music um, thing. And uh, she told me every day how special I was Mm -hmm. and how special I was always going to be. And I was one of God's shows. Like he, she just always thought that I was just so blessed. And, uh, she she would tell me every day. I mean, and when I w- went off to college and stuff, I would still call Mamaw like every day because I needed <laughs> to talk to her so she could, you know, get me there. But she always had such high expectations for me. Like sometimes it was suffocating. Like when I was in college, I didn't love school. It, it just that wasn't me. My brain was already a hundred thousand other things were in it, and I'm like, well, I have to go to you know bio class. You know, like this is stupid. Like I, <laughs> I you know, I, I loved my time at school, but. Uh, that that wasn't my drive, but Mamma always was like, "You got to do this. Like, you're gonna be a." a doc. She always said, "Doctor, lawyer, Indian chief." You know, that was the thing. <laughs> like, you got to be top dog. You got to, you know. And uh, so I, they always, her and Papa always pushed me to to strive for more and and to, uh, to shoot for the moon and just go for it. My my grandfather, uh, he was an entrepreneur. I didn't know this until later, but he actually owned a restaurant. I think it was called nice. Silver Bullet. Uh, it was All a burger right. and milkshake joint. It was That's in awesome. your blood. Uh, yeah. And my mom used to work there, you know. Um, he started his uh, own real estate company, and I mean, he's just—he was not. My mamaw created her own dog breeding business that <laughs> they've been doing for almost thirty years wow. now. Like very highly rated AKC dogs, uh, wow. Labradors, and stuff. So, you know, they—they they always taught me to shoot for it, and um, you know, I get it on both sides. I mean, my mom is a go-getter. She's a very entrepreneur, you know, spirit. Uh, she's always doing something that's just mind-blowing like you know she got to sing for president bush you know when when we were living in branson missouri and and she's been on a tv show and i mean she's just oh she raised me you know that took a lot so (laughs) god bless her for that one uh but yeah and then my my dad he was a go-getter you know he had the option to go pitch you know in the minor leagues or in a triple a system or to go on the road as a touring piano player wow he chose the piano and i think he did the right thing yeah that's awesome and up until he passed, I mean, he was still in the studio. He was still on tour and wow. just killing it, man. So, yeah, I come from people who, who go for it. Right. Just go for it. And and that impacted probably oh, yeah. all the way up to a conversation where it's like, yeah, give me six times what I asked for because I'm going to go get it. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. My family got it. it I'm going to get it. Yeah. Like I tell people, it's very rare you find somebody hungrier than me because I, I have a big appetite. <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting because I, I look at, my history, I didn't, I didn't come from any people that I can go back and go, man, these people really impact. There are a couple people, but not like close people, not family members. And I'm a, a firm believer of you're a product of the environment that you were in. And that doesn't necessarily have to rely on like how you were raised and like who you are today, but like a culmination of all those things and like how you persevered through all of those different things. So it's just like, it's very interesting to me to see the type of person you become based on, you know, the people that we're putting into you and, and just how you've thrived through that and continue to like push the limits knowing like, okay, like I know my mamma told me this and it's like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to believe in myself and you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just live out there and I'm going to make it happen. 
And that's awesome. But, you know, some people, good or bad situations, use those moments to propel them. So, I mean, that's awesome. I love I love hearing stuff like that. What were your proudest, what is, I guess, your proudest moment? I'll give you two or three if you have of to. Like, party In God. relation to your business. Okay. It's your proudest moments. Uh, my dad got to play the... Um, <laughs> Sorry, that'll get me a little All bit. Oh, good, man. Uh, we uh, shut down Division Street, and we put a 30-foot stage out there, and uh, he was touring with John Anderson again, who he had played on his original album with Seminole Wind, Straight Tequila Night, all that stuff. And John hadn't played Nashville in like 10 years. And uh, so I said, hey, Dad, how much would John cost? We were looking for you know our, our main act. And uh, so it was like six weeks after we opened that we did our big grand opening celebration. And so Dad got to play with John Anderson at my restaurant. Wow. Uh, That's crazy. He passed six weeks later. Like that was the last Dang. live show for him. So that's awesome. Man. His last yeah. live show was yeah. at your restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think so. Unless he do snuck you have one a, in that I wasn't at. You know? <laughs> do you have a recording of it? Uh, so if you are in any of the restaurants and uh, we have our black and white uh, picture collage walls, if you'll go over there, there's a picture. You'll see me in the crowd with a backwards hat, and if you look right over my shoulders, Dad on stage. That's awesome. That gets me every time. Thanks That's for sharing that boy. with yeah, us, man. man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was my boy. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so that was a big one for me. My mama and papa and my mom walking in and getting to like eat at my restaurant for the first time. And, you know, my stepmom, my brothers and right. sisters, you know, every time we do that. But I'm, I'm honest to God, like, I get to do that kind of experience like all the time. Like right. every time I walk in and the shift's moving smooth and I walk right. around, I see smiling faces like, it feels that intense for me. That's how much I just. It's like a, it's like a child. It's like it is. You're like so proud of it. Yep. You're just like, oh my god. Like when we open a new store, just like I know every single person has probably never had anything like this. Right. You know, especially like when we opened in Chattanooga, there yeah. were a lot of people they they hadn't had hot chicken before. They didn't know what bushwhackers were, and I'm going, oh baby, we're gonna take you to church. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna show you some things. You know. Uh, so we we had so much fun with that, and just seeing everybody react and get excited yeah. and. And the staff to be moving and, and hitting, you know, there's just I I get so much joy out of that because I nerd out on it. It's like my favorite thing. I love it's it. It's awesome. It's awesome. That but I mean that that that's a testament to your success and your passion because you you literally it is a part of you. Right. Like you're going to continue pushing forward because it's like you get so much joy out of other people getting joy. Yeah. It's like they're sitting there eating good food, hanging out in an awesome environment, and everybody's just, like, enjoying themselves, and it's like that fills you up just to walk through there and see all that. If we yeah. do our job right, that's what it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we miss the mark, but that's what we shoot for. Right. We definitely, you know, I, that, I love hearing that. Like, just love it. The fact that it doesn't get old because I feel like when you're doing something that's strictly for money or yeah. whatever, it gets old. When you're not, it doesn't get old. And I strive for our business to scale in a way that just we can have people working in this environment that we can walk in and go, gosh, this is it. This is why we did it. Because people are finding the joy that we found when we were building this. And it and for us and for you, it's a little different. It's We're doing things a little different than you would when you walk down the street and you go into a similar establishment. Right. Yeah, we're, you're doing what you love to do. I'm doing what I want to do. You know, don't do anything that you wouldn't do for free. That's blue ocean, baby. That's good. And that leads me to the next question. What would you tell others who have wanted to start a business but haven't been able to take that leap of faith? You know, um, you have you have to be convicted. 
you have got to be 100% all in. There's no dipping your toe into the deep end uh, when it comes to this thing. If you, you got to know your why. If yeah, you have to know your why, and you have to be convicted by that why, and you have to have a fierce, fierce drive. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to get kicked a ton. It's man. not for the faint of heart. No, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of. Uh, panic attack moments you're going to have a lot of times that you mentally physically cannot do anything else that you are tapped beyond what a human can be tapped you have to have that be able to overcome it and love what you're doing so much that you know will and risk it all yeah yeah yeah, you just got to fight for it but you have to be convicted there's no way to just partially go i think i want to do this let's try it out (laughs) yeah you gotta go all in no well well said well said I didn't have this on my list of questions, but it's the last one I'm going to ask you. Yeah. And you can take a second to answer it. Austin Smith in one word. Mm. Convicted. Just kidding. <laughs> Go. I like that, actually. That's good. Driven. 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 I would, I would, family, I would agree business, with Driven. Life. Yeah, absolutely. Driven. driven. Well, dude, thank you for coming out. Thank you for being a part of this with us. Yeah, this thank is, you for having me. This is something that... You know, it's not a very easy thing to kind of get started, but we truly believe that we we can and will and have made an impact on people's lives. And, you know, we want to use this as a, an opportunity to share with other business owners that same thing and be able to, you know, put these things out into the world. Because I think so many business owners do feel alone. They, they, they don't feel like they can relate with people because, you know, the ones that are really convicted by their why they get kind of lost by like, I don't really know. And, you know, so being able to hear like things like this is, is always a good uh, measure for people to kind of go, okay, I I got my, I got my, my driven status again. Um, But dude, I just want to thank you for being such an amazing example to us. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to always hear the new things that you're doing and uh, dude, it's always, you're such a a positive person to be around. So it, it naturally flows off of you. So I always find myself in a more up, uplifted state when I, you know, when I depart you. So, man, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that joy and you can obviously see it, you know, pouring into your business and your life. So yeah, you inspire you us. That. I appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to say, I, I love the fact that you, you take ideas and you get, you get excited about them and you are, are driven enough to actually make them happen. There's so many things that I want to do in my life that I'm like in all of our lives and as a business and stuff. And a lot of times it's hard to take that leap and go, I'm going to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of things in my personal life where I'm like, you know, you just got to do it. Just got to go. It's like, I, you know, I, I love that you do that. And I'm, it inspires me to just keep finding things that I want to do and just do it. So. Do it, baby. Yeah. Nike. Nike. Yeah. And I'll just say, uh, you know, I think the reason you, you know, I think you've mentioned before to me that you just love the, the videos and the outside the box way that we've went about doing things yep. and um, everything else is so similar. Like right. to stand out, blue ocean. Like right. to have your own vibe, your own energy that's just different. Right. Uh, I was drawn to it right away. I was like, this this feels like something I would be into. Like party foul would love this. This is perfect. You know, like, and uh, I just always thought it was a perfect. But I, I and and yeah. I thoroughly appreciate that. And I want to I, I want to say like I love that you have gone through all this and you've i mean by any any metric you can weigh on party foul is a major success as a brand 
But more importantly, and this is what I love about you, is you, you're always consciously thinking about the people who are involved in your ecosystem. The Party Foul brand could reach 100 locations, but if your employees aren't happy, yep. you failed. Yeah. And, and I see that in you. I'm saying that because that's what you've told me. It's, it's, it's my job. I have to make sure that uh, there's an environment that when they come to work, that, that it puts them in a good place. You right. know, I've driven up to many uh, back doors to walk into work. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I get through today, and I've had places like oh, I get to work with Jim and Ashley today. Yeah. We're gonna have the doors up, the games are gonna be on, man. Yeah. We're gonna have a blast. It's gonna be, nice. you know, I've had places where I loved it, and and so I told people, you know, going to work, having a job, being away from your family, that already takes enough of a toll. If you're gonna be doing something, at least you know, be in an environment where people give a damn that you're there, yeah, and uh, and, and care about you, and and try to make it a, a great environment, and we fight daily to make sure that that is and that's awesome so it's important so there it is and I, I appreciate that about you deeply when you know there's a deep care in the heart of somebody that you respect in business it's a it's a it's a real treat thanks so much for listening to the three cheese podcast we hope you really enjoyed this episode Please rate, review, and subscribe on whichever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you have any thoughts or feedback, shoot an email to podcast at macandcheesemedia.com. That's macandcheesemedia.com. Find us on social at 3CheesePodcast. We hope you have a fantastic day, and we will see you next time.